Welcome to Zichud Daf Simanim Memorable Abraham Goldhar and Tamer Zechus Yuma Daf Samach Gimel, the sixth parak Shnei Seiri Yom Kippurim. The pop quiz will be in a separate file. So the three daf's we're going to focus on number one on Daf Samach Beis Amud Beis. Rav Chista said that one is high for shechting the two goats before the lottery outside the base of Migdash, even though they're not fit at that time for the type of carbon for which they were designated, since each could be offered for a different type of carbon, such as a musa. The Gemara here asks if, in fact, Rav Chista holds of the principle of Hoyel, based on another statement of his, where he says, Pesach If one shechted a Pesach outside the temple during the rest of the year, if he shechted it not for its own sake, but for the sake of a Shlamim, he's Chayev. Now, this implies that if he has shechted it Stam, with no intent at all, it would be considered Lashmo, and he would be Pater. Now, why would this be so? Let us apply Hoyle and say, that since it's fit if it were offered not for its own sake, but as a shlamim, he should be chayv if he shakes it outside without specific intention. The Gemara answers that this is not a valid comparison. Asim boyakira, haigo boyakira. The Pesach requires a conscious uprooting of its designation as a Pesach to a shlamim, and until this occurs, the animal is not fit to be offered inside. The goat of Yom Kippur, however, does not require a conscious uprooting of its designation for it to be used as a chattis. Rashi explains that this is because the inner goat and the goat brought as a musaf are both chattas offering. Point number two, the Gemara seeks the source for the ruling on Daf Samach Beis, that if one shechted the Sarla Azazel outside the base of Migdash after the lottery was drawn, he is putter. It was taught in a bright the Pasuk regarding the prohibition of shechting outside the base of Migdash, Ish Ish Mebeis Yisrael, Ashi Yishchat Shor, O Kesevo any man from the house of Yisrael, who will shecht an ox, sheep, or goat in the camp, or Ashi Yishchat Mechutz Machna, or who will shecht it outside the camp, the Pesach O Moed, will he view how creep carbon Lashem. And to the entrance of the Omod, he did not bring it to offer as an offering to Hashem. One might think to include the Sarla Azazel in the prohibition, given that it is fit to be brought to the Omod for the drawing of the lots. The Torah therefore states, Lashem, to offer as an offering to Hashem, implying specifically Mishim Yuchadim Hashem, those animals that are designated exclusively for Hashem, excluding the Sarla Azazel, which is not designated exclusively for Hashem, but is sent to Azazel. And point number three, the Gemara Brana Bryce of the Tot, that the source in an animal less than eight days old cannot be designated as a sarla azazel is the pasuk that states, and from the eighth day on, it shall be acceptable for a fire offering to Hashem. The word Hashem is coming to include a sarla azazel, that it too cannot be brought from an animal that is less than eight days old. The Gemara says that this implies that if the Torah had not specifically included the sarla azazel in the prohibition, one would have thought that it could be sent out even though it's premature. Now how could this be? The lottery cannot assign a goat for Hashem unless it's fit to be offered to Hashem. And since it's not known which goat will be selected for Hashem, both of them need to be eligible and at least eight days old. The Gemara presents a number of answers. One answer is, is that the ton is Rabbi Shimon who holds that if one of the goats died after the lots were cast, another goat is brought without casting lots. The Pasuk is therefore needed to teach that even in such a case, the Azazel goat must be at least eight days old. So once again, the three topics are number one. On Dav Samach Beis, Amun Beis, Rav Chissa said that one is high for shechting the two goats before the lottery outside of the base of Migdash, even though they are not fit at that time for the type of carbon for which they were designated, since each could be offered for a different type of carbon, such as the Musa. The Gemara here asks if, in fact, Rav Chissa holds of the principle of Hoyo, based on another statement of his, where he says, Pesach Shishchatu B'Shar Yomoseshana Shloshmochayv, if one shechted a Pesach outside the temple during the rest of the year, if he shechted it not for its own sake, but for the sake of a shlamim, he is chayev. This implies that if he has shechted it stum, with no intent at all, it would be considered lishmo, and he would be pater. 
Now, why would this be so? Let us imply Hoyle and say that since it is fit if it were not offered for its own sake, but as a shlamim, he should be chayv if he shakes it outside without specific intention. Gemara answers that this is not a valid comparison. Hasim boy akira, haylo boy akira. The Pesach requires a conscious uprooting of its designation as a Pesach to a shlamim. And until this occurs, the animal is not fit to be offered inside. The goat of Yom Kippur, however, does not require a conscious uprooting of its designation for it to be used as a chattas. Rush explains that this is because the inner goat and the goat brought as a musaf are both chattas offering. Pointing to the Gemara seeks a source for the ruling on Daf Samach Beis on the base that if one shechted the Sarlazaza outside the base of Migdash after the lottery was drawn, he is putter. I was taught in Bryce the puzzle regarding the prohibition of shechting outside the base of Migdash, Ish Ish Mebase Israel, Shah Yishchad Shor, or Kesav, or Ezbamachana, any man from the house of Israel who will shecht an ox, sheep, or goat in the camp, or Shah Yishchad Machutzmachana, or he will shecht it outside the camp. The Pesach Ohomod will heveal the Hakrib Kabbalah Hashem, and to the entrance of the Ohomod he did not bring it to offer as an offering to Hashem. Now one might think to include the Sar Lazaza in the prohibition, given that it's fit to be brought to the Ohomod for the drawing of the lots. The Torah therefore states Lashem to offer as an offering to Hashem, implying specifically Mishim Yuchadim Hashem, those animals that are designated exclusively for Hashem, excluding the Sar Lazazel, which is not designated exclusively for Hashem, but ascend to Azazel. And point number three, the more brother writes that taught that the source that an animal less than eight days old cannot be designated as a Sar Lazazel is the Pesachic states, and from the eighth day on, Yeratzla Karban Ishel Hashem, it shall be acceptable for a fire offering to Hashem. The word Lashem is coming to include Asar Lazazel, that it too cannot be brought from an animal that is less than eight days old. The Gemara says that this implies that if the Torah had not specifically included the Asar Lazazel in the prohibition, one would have thought it could be sent out even though it's premature. Now how could this be? The lottery cannot assign a goat for Hashem unless it's fit to be offered to Hashem. And since it's not known which goat will be selected for Hashem, both of them need to be eligible and at least eight days old. The more presents a number of answers. One answer is, is that the ton is Rabbi Shemin, who holds that if one of the goats died after the lots were cast, another goat is brought without casting lots. The Pasuk is needed to teach that even in such a case, the Azazel goat must be at least eight days old. All right, so now we go to a Simber Duff Summit Gimel, and our standard Simon is a Segway. That's a motorized two-wheel vehicle the boys zip around town on. So Segway is our Simon. So here goes. The Segway tour of the Cyril Azaza outdoor exhibit passed two shechted Yom Kippur goats and a Pesach shechted Stam and a Cyril Azazel that was not exclusive to Hashem, while a little boy was being told a seven-day-old goat wasn't eligible yet to be tossed down the cliff. Once again, it's slow motion. The Segway tour, Segway tour, that must be more on Duff Summit Gimel. The Segway tour of the Sir Lazaza outdoor exhibit passed two shakti Yom Kippur goats and a Pesach shakti Stam, which reminds on Duff Samak Beis Amun Beis, Rav Chis has said that one is high for shakting the two goats before the lottery outside of the base of Migdash, even though they're not fit at that time for the type of carbon for which they were designated, since each could be offered for a different type of carbon, such as the Musa. The Gemara here asks if, in fact, Rav Chisto holds the principle of Hoyo based on another statement of his, where he says that if one shakted a Pesach, outside the temple during the rest of the year, if he shechted it not for its own sake, but for the sake of a shlamim, he is chayev. This implies that if he had shechted it stam, with no intent at all, it would be considered lishmo, and he would be pater. Now why would this be so? Let us imply hoyo and say, that since it's fit if it were not offered for its own sake, but as a shlamim, he should be chayev if he shechted it outside without specific intention. The Gemara answers that this is not a valid comparison. Hasim boy akira, hai lo boy akira. 
The Pesach requires a conscious uprooting of its designation as a Pesach to a Shlomim, and until this occurs, the animal is not fit to be offered inside. The goat of Yom Kippur, however, does not require a conscious uprooting of its designation for it to be used as a Chattis. Rashi explains that this is because the inner goat and the goat brought as a Musaf are both Chattis offerings. So the segue to the Sir Zaza outdoor exhibit, Pastu Shechted Yom Kippur Coats, and a Pesach Shechted Stam, and a Sir Zaza that was not exclusive to Hashem, which reminds the Gemara seeks the source for the ruling on Daf Samach Beisam Abeis, that if one Shechted their Sir Zaza outside the base of Migdash, after the lottery was drawn, he's putter. So it was taught in Bryce that the Pesach regarding the prohibition of Shechting outside the base of Migdash says, and to the entrance of the old mode, he did not bring it to offer it as an offering to Hashem. One might think, to include the Sarlazazel in the prohibition, given that it's fit to be brought to the old Moed for the drawing of the lots. The Torah therefore states, Lashem, to offer as an offering to Hashem, implying specifically, Mishim Yuchadim Lashem, those animals that are designated exclusively for Hashem, excluding the Sarlazazel, which is not designated exclusively for Hashem, but is sent to Asazel. So the segue tour of the Sarlazazel outdoor exhibit passed two Shakti Yom Kippur goats and a Pesach Shakti Stam and a Sarlazazel that was not exclusive to Hashem, while a little boy was being told the seven-day-old goat wasn't eligible yet to be tossed down the cliff. Which reminds the more brother Bryce that taught that the source in an animal less than eight days old cannot be designated as a sar lazazel as the passive states, and from the eighth day on, yeratzel carbon ishel Hashem. It shall be acceptable for a fire offering to Hashem. The word Hashem is coming to include a sar lazazel that it too cannot be brought from an animal that is less than eight days old. The Gemara says that this implies that if the Torah had not specifically included the Sir Lazazel in the prohibition, one would have thought it could be sent out even though it's premature. Now how could this be? The lottery cannot assign a goat for Hashem unless it's fit to be offered to Hashem. And since it's not known which goat will be selected for Hashem, both of them need to be eligible and at least eight days old. The Gemara presents a number of answers. One answer is, is that the Tanah Rabbi Shimon who holds that if one of the goats died after the lots were cast, another goat is brought without casting lots. The Pasuk is needed to teach that even in such a case, the Azazel goat must be at least eight days old. So once again, the segue tour of the Sir Azaza outdoor exhibit passed two Shechted Yom Kippur goats and a Pesach Shechted Stam and a Sir Azazo that was not exclusive to Hashem, while a little boy was being told his seven-day-old goat wasn't eligible yet to be tossed down the cliff. All right, now it's time for four blah bach chazor. Daphne Tess of the Simmer Daphne Tess is a knight. So here goes. As the knight, knight, that must be more on Daphne Tess. As the knight walked clumsily around the golden altar, dabbing blood on his corners, which reminds the Gemara brings a price regarding how the blood was applied to the Mizbech of Pnimi. Rishmael said, Two Gohanim Gadoin remained alive from the days of Bais Rishon. This one said, Biyadihi Kafti, with my hand I circled the Mizbech Zahav, when placing blood on, it, on Yom Kippur. And this one said, Baragoi Kafti, with my feet I circled it. And each one gave their reason. The one who circled it with his feet explained, Savi de Mizbech Pnimi, Kasavi de Mizbech Achitzon. The term around written in connection to the inner altar is to be interpreted like the term around written in connection with the outer altar. So just as the Kohen Gadol walked around the outer altar to apply the blood, so too he walked around the inner altar. The one who circled the Mizbech Pinimi with his hand explained, the entire Mizbech Pinimi takes the space of a single horn of the Mizbech HaChitzon, which Rush explains was an Amma by an Amma. So just as the Kohen Gadol stood in place at any given corner of the Mizbech HaChitzon, so too he stood in place while performing the applications around the entire Mizbech Pinimi. So, as the knight walked clumsily around a golden altar, daubing blood on his corners, while looking for a clear place on top for sprinkling, which reminds the Mishan Daf in Nunches Amun Bey states that after the Kongal sprinkled the blood on the corners of the Mizbech of Pnimi, he saw Tihosh Mizbech Shavapamin. He then sprinkled upon the purity of the Mizbech seven times. The Gemara here asks, My Tihar, what does the purity of the Mizbech mean? And brings a revised explanation of Rabbi Rav Shiva said, 
Agulya de Mizbech means upon the exposed top of the Mizbech, similar to how the term purity is used in the Pasuk, and it was like the appearance of the heavens in purity. The term purity refers to a state of clarity. The Mishnah used the word similarly alluding to the fact that the Kongad was required to clear a section on top of the Mizbech of the coals and ashes left there by the burning of the Katoris and to sprinkle the blood on the exposed purified surface. So as the night walk clumsily around a golden altar daubing blood on his corners while looking for a clear place on top for sprinkling, gardeners and night costumes lined up in the distance to pay for water from a stream flowing with blood. Which reminds us, the Mishnah said that the bloods of the offerings would eventually mix in the canal and flow out to Nachal Kidron, where it was sold to gardeners for fertilizer, umolimban, and one is liable for meila for its unauthorized use. The more brings them out because if there is meila de and adds that everyone agrees that the rights there is no meila for sacrificial blood and brings three sources. Ula said that the Pasuk states with regard to sacrificial blood, Lachem, I've signed it for you upon the altar to provide atonement. Shalachem yehei. The phrase Lachem implies that it should be yours and that there is no prohibition of Me'ila. A sage from the Yeshiva Rabbi Shimon taught a price that said the Pasuk says Lachaper, to provide atonement. I've assigned the blood for atonement but not to be subject to Me'ila. And Rabbi Yochanan said the Pasuk states who? In the Pasuk he adam hu benefesh yechaper, for it's the blood that atones for the soul. This teaches that it is in the same category before Kabora as after Kabora. Just as after Kabora it's not subject to Me'ila, so to before Kabora is not subject to Me'ila. And the Gemara challenges Rabbi Yochanan's interpretation. Daf Samach. So the similar Daf Samach is smiley face stickers. So here goes. The child who puts smiley face stickers, smiley face stickers, that must mean we're on Daf Samach. The child who puts smiley face stickers on the picture of the Trumas Adeshin and the Kohen Gadol's Big Day Lavan to remember Me'ila applies even when the Avoda is done, which reminds us, on Daf Nun Tassam Beis Rebuto, learn from a Pasuk that just as after Kapar, blood is not subject to Me'ila, so to before Kapar, blood is not subject to Me'ila. The Gemara suggested that perhaps one could learn the opposite, that just as before Kapar, there is Me'ila, so to after Kapar, there is Me'ila. And answered, There's no such thing as an item whose requirements have been performed, and yet we can still commit Me'ila with it. The Gemara challenges this assertion for Trumas Adeshin, which is subject to Me'ila, even though its requirements have been carried out. The ashes are still forbidden after they've been placed on the floor of the Azari, east of the Mizbeach. Perhaps the blood, too, should be subject to Me'ila after Kapara. The Gemara answers that we cannot apply this law, Mishim Dahavi Trumas Adeshin, the Big Dekuna, Shnei Ksuvim, because the Psukim that discuss the Trumas Adeshin and the Big Dekuna worn by the Kongad on Yom Kippur, which are subject to Me'ila after use, teach the same Malacha. And we have a principle that, Kol Shnei Ksuvim, in Malamdin, two psukim that teach the same law cannot teach that law in other areas. If the Torah had intended the law to apply universally, it would have only needed to specify that halacha in one case. So the child who puts smiley face stickers on the picture of the Trumas Adeshin and the Kohen Gadol's Big Day Lavan to remember Me'il applies even when the avoda is done, was able to remember which avodas need to be done in order by placing stickers on two words in one pasuk. Which reminds the next Mishnah states regarding all the Yom Kippur procedures that have been listed in sequence, if the Kohen Gadol wrongly advanced one procedure before another, he has accomplished nothing, meaning the procedure is invalid. The Gemara brings a bright when this rule applies. Ryuda says, But the Varim and Nasim Big Day Lavan Mimifnim, it only applies with regard to things done by the Kohen Gadol dress in the Big Day Lavan in the Koshikadashim. It does not apply to things done in the Big Day Lavan outside, such as the drawing of lots, the various confessions, and the blood applications of the Mizbach Hazav and the Mizbech Hachitzam. Rabbi Nechemia holds that the Halakha applies to all the things done in the Big Day Lavan, whether inside or outside, whereas anything done out of order, while the Kohen Gadol wears the big day Zav, is valid. Rush explains that if you remove the Kaf and the Makta from the Koshikadashim before offering his ram or the ram of the people, which are done in the big day Zav, the omission of the ram offering does not render the service of removing the Kaf and Makta invalid. So the child who puts smiley face snickers on the picture of the Trumas Adeshin and the Kohen Gadol's big day Lavan to remember Me'il applies even when the Avodah is done, was able to remember which Avodos need to be done in order 
by placing stickers on two words in one Pasek. Which reminds Rabbi Yochanan said, referring to Rabbi Yehuda's and Rabbi Nehemiah's opinions, Shnei Mikra Echadarshi, both of them expounded the same Pasek, which states, This shall be to you an eternal statute once a year. The Gemara understands Rabbi Yochanan's explanation of Rabbi Yehuda that the word Zos, this, and the word Achas, once, come to teach two things. One term service excludes services performed in the big day Lavan, referring to the ones done outside, and one term comes to exclude any avoda performed in the big day Zav. He explains from Nehemiah's position that one term is to exclude the avoda performed in the big day Zav, and the other term serves to exclude Shiraim de Lamakli, the service of pouring the blood remnants that is not essential for the validity of the services followed after it. The Gemara challenges this interpretation from Nehemiah's position. Daf Samachov. So the similar Daf Samachov is a saw, and we use a magician doing a sawing trick. So here goes. The magician's trick to saw a goat in half saw. That must mean we're on Daf Samachalav. The magician's trick to saw a goat in half to attain kapara for Kahanim Levim and Yisraelim, which reminds us, a price brings about goats regarding who attains kapara through the Sir Mishdalech. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the pasta that says, and he should atone for all the Kohanim, for all the people of the congregation, comes to teach that Kohanim Levim and Yisraelim equally receive kapara, for all averas other than Tumas Mikdash V'Kadoshav. The Rabbi Shimon says that just as the Damasir Nas B'Fnim is Mechapar V'Yisraelim for Tumas Mikdash V'Kadoshav, so to the blood of the Pars Mechapar V'Kohanim for Tumas Mikdash V'Kadoshav. And just as the Vidui of the Sir Mishdalech is Mechapar V'Yisraelim for all other transgressions, so to the Vidui and the Pars Mechapar V'Kohanim for all other transgressions. So the magician's trick to saw a goat in half to attain Kapar for Kohanim, Levim, and Yisraelim went terribly wrong when blood started to spill out in the middle. Which reminds us, the Mishnah Daf Samach Amad Alf introduced Malchokas in a case when blood spilled during the application of the blood of the Kaddish Kaddashim. The Tanakhama being Rabbi Mir holds that the Kohen Gadol must shecht another animal and bring new blood and redo the application from the beginning. From where he stopped, from there he starts again. Rashi explains that if blood spilled in the middle of the set, he doesn't have to start from the beginning. The same Malchokas applies to the application of the blood on the Heichon, the Paroches, and on the Mizbach Zahav. So on this stuff, Rabbi Yochanan said, They both expanded the same Pasuk. Aaron will affect Kapar from the blood of the Chattas of the Atonements once a year. Remer holds, Aishem told you to use only one Chattas offering and not two Chattas. Rashi explains that each stage of the Atonement procedure can only use the blood of one animal. Therefore, if the blood spills, they must bring new blood and start again. Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shimon hold, I told you to do only one sprinkling, Chitwe, and not two. Rashi explains that they hold that there is no sprinkling that may be repeated. So the magician's trick to saw a goat in half to attain Kapar for Kohanim, Levim, and Yisraelim went terribly wrong when blood started to spill out in the middle, and two assistants were needed to receive its blood, one in a kli and one in his hands. Which reminds us that it was taught in the Brites of the Torah states regarding Mitzorah, and the cone shall take from the blood of the Ashim, and the cone shall apply it to the person being purified. It could be thought that taking the blood means that it should be received in a kli, therefore the Torah teaches Venasan, and he shall apply the blood to the Mitzorah. Just as the application is done with the body of the cone, referring to his finger, so to the taking should be done with the body of the cone, meaning the blood should be received in his hand. It can now be thought that the blood thrown to the Mizbeam should also be received in his hand. Therefore, the Torah teaches like the chattas is the ashem, which implies that just as the blood of a chattas requires receiving it in a kli, so does the blood of the Mitzvah's ashem require a kli. We therefore conclude that two kohanim should receive the blood of the Mitzvah's ashem. One receives it in a kli to throw the blood of the Mizbech, and one in his hand to apply to the Mitzvah with his finger. Daf Samach Beis. So the similar Samach Beis is a submarine. So here goes. The three goats standing on top of the submarine. Submarine? That must mean we're on Daf Samach Beis. The three goats standing on top of the submarine waiting to hear 
who would be selected to go to Azazel, which reminds us, Rashi explains on the bottom of Daf Samachal on base that in the case when the blood of the Chatz goat spilled, our placement goat cannot be designated without repeating the lottery of two new goats. One would be designated for Hashem, and the other one would be eligible to be sent to Azazel. If three Chatz goats had to be shakted, there would also be three goats available to be sent to Azazel. The Gemara here discusses which of the Azazel goats is sent. A puppy said in the name of Rabbi, he sends the first one, but Rav Shimi said in the name of Rava, he sends the last one. So the Gemara says that the opinion reported by Rashimi in the name of Rav makes sense because he holds the last goat as the primary one since the Kabar was completed with it, meaning with its counterpart. The Gemara seeks to clarify what is the basis of the opinion reported by Rapapi and concludes that's in accordance with Rav Yossi who says that in the case where one designated a Pesach and it became lost and he designated another one in its stead and then the first one was found, Rav Yossi holds Mitzvah Berishon. It's a Mitzvah to use the first one unless the second one is superior. So the three goats standing on top of the submarine waiting to hear who would be selected to go to Azazel, looked at the two identical goats on shore. Which reminds us, the opening mission of the sixth parak states that two goats of Yom Kippur, their mitzvah is that they should be alike in appearance, height, value, and they should be purchased at the same time. Nevertheless, if they're not alike in these features, they're valid. The more brings a bright that discusses the source for this. Allah, the Pusik states, Yikach shnei si'ire izim, he shall take two goats. Mute si'ire shnaim. Now, we already know that the minimum number indicated by the plural goats is two. So what then does the Pusik teach by stating two? That the two should be alike. From where do we know that even though that the two of them are not alike, they are nevertheless valid? Talmud Lomar, Seir, Seir, Reba. The Torah states, goat, two times, which teaches us that even if they're not alike, they're valid. So the three goats standing on top of the submarine waiting to hear who would be selected to go to Azazel looked at the two identical goats on shore that were being called in to replace two goats that were shechted outside the Azara before the lots were drawn. Which reminds us, it was taught in Bryce if one shechted the two Yom Kippur goats outside the Azara, if he did so before the Kongado cast the lots on them, he's liable for both of them. After the Kongado cast the lots upon them, he's chai for the one of Hashem and punter for the one for Azazel. Rashi explains that he's only chai for shechting outside the Azara if the animal could have been brought into it, which is not the case with the one for Azazel. The Gemara asks what the two goats are fit for to be brought, since before the lottery, neither goat is fit to be offered as the Sir Hashem. When Rufchiz answered he's liable, since each goat is fit to be brought as part of the Musaf, the Gemara objects, saying that since it's lacking the lottery, it's not fit to be brought as a Musaf, the Machasri Avodosiyom, because it's lacking the service of the day. The casting of lots comes before the Musaf is brought. The Gemara answers that Rav Chisda holds that the status of a premature time doesn't apply to a carbon that will become valid later that very day. Alright, so that concludes the Shir. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichur, wishing you a great day and great learning.